Welcome to the Coach Bo Knows Podcast on the Studio Soapbox Network. We're recorded live at the undisclosed location of the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. Hey, this is episode three. Today I've got a great interview with Elwood Ott. Elwood is one of the most, I don't want to call it charitable people I've ever known, but uh, someone who is just involved in the community and just a mentor to young people, a lot of work that he does with Boys and Girls Club nationwide. I think you'll get some interesting stuff out of here, and I hope you enjoy this interview. Uh, Elwood Ott here on the flip side, and then we'll be back to uh, chat for a moment about week one in the NFL, and uh, we'll get out of here on that note. So enjoy the interview with Elwood Ott. Thank you for joining us, and we'll chat here on the flip side. So I'm here with my main man, Elwood Ott. Elwood, what's going on, brother? Not much, Bo. Just trying to be like you, man. Man, I don't know about all that. Hey, I wanted to bring you on. I know we've been friends a long time. I wanted to bring you on because I... You know, a lot of what we talk about here on Mondays is, you know, about inspiration and, and coaching and helping others. And I don't think I know anybody who is as, I don't like saying charitable, because I think charitable is something that you can write a check for. I, I like to say involved in the community, in, in part of a community. I don't think I know anybody who is as involved with a community as you are. And, and I don't mean, you know, just like a certain area. I mean, like, so much of what you do in your life is for others. I think I, and I've known you since, you know, like our boys were young mm-hmm. and you coached, you know, youth basketball. Now you have a coaching background. But really what I, and what I really admire about you is a lot of that coaching background became sort of um, a community building background. And I don't mean just here in Lawrence. I know what you do at the Boys and Girls Club, and you work nationwide with that. Talk, tell me about, first off, what you're doing now with Boys and Girls Club, and then let's talk about kind of how that all started and where that kind of mindset comes from. Man, that's a great question, Bo. <clears throat> that's deep. Um, so currently, for the last two years, I'm a director of organizational development uh, for Boys and Girls Club of America. Um, I work with the Native Services Division, uh, so I have a portfolio of 13 local boys and girls clubs that are on Native lands or under a tribal government. So my role with those is provide them the resources, the knowledge, the training to make their visions come true. Okay. Um, I was a former club kid growing up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, the Boys and Girls Club of Lawrence did a lot for me as a parent because my kids went to the club, yeah. met a lot of their, their close friends at the club. So this position actually helps me feel like um, I'm paying it back. Like it's coming full circle. Okay. So I get to do more for future generations. In my, you know, short time, I grew up, like I said, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I learned from my parents that, and my friends' parents, it takes all of us to make things happen. Um, Yeah, it's community. It it really is. And in order to reach full success, overcome barriers and challenges, 
you got to help each other out. Like, it, you know, I think some of our cultural teachings as a Native American, we, we did it together. Uh, we made sure that nobody was left behind, which is also, I, I believe, I'm not certain, kind of a military mindset as well. It, it's just be love and give love. I love that. Be love and give love. So it, it keeps me going, too. Um, yeah. What what drives you? I mean, you talk about be love, give love. You said it keeps you going. So what does that, what, where does that come from? Because, I mean, as long as I've known you, you've worked, you worked for Haskell for a long time. Yeah. And then, you know, now you do this with Boys and Girls Club. And that's been something, those two things where, um, and I know you don't have things in between, but those two things, it, when you're giving so much of yourself, it's so difficult because we all have a mentality of, well, what about for me? Mm-hmm. You know, but you seem to have one of those open hearts I know. And where does that come from? Probably from my father. Okay. My mom, was when she was alive, she passed away when I was a young teenager. Um, <clears throat> she was huge in the community. Um, she would help organize a lot of different community events, community feeds. Um, so I mimic that from her. Yet from my dad, it was always help someone that's in need. Never know okay. when you're going to need help. Yeah. Um, being a father of two kids, <clears throat> being a single parent for a long time, what initially drove this, I don't know, mindset or way of being was creating, I guess, a support system. Like we all try to set up our kids for yeah. for life. Sure. For me, it was always, if I die tomorrow, die today, or in 20 years, I want to leave knowing I helped as many people as I could so that if well, now my only son, Jordan, is alive, has people that he can go to. I don't need anybody to repay me back. That was the mindset for a long time, was just making sure that the kids were taken care of after my time on Earth. Okay. Um, so it was being a good father is what it really came down to in the beginning. And then it was, okay, well, now I want to be not necessarily the father, but at least a part of the lives of others and help those people along. And that's it. It is, I don't ask for anything in return, never have. It was just, if you have it, if you can do something, do it. I mean, it takes yeah. a lot for some people to ask for help yeah. or, or ask for anything. And it's just... You never know when you can make somebody's day a little bit better. Um, I'm just trying to make this community here in Lawrence, a lot of communities actually, has done a lot for me and my family. So this is my way of paying back. Um, Man, this is a good question. It's... um, I grew up Born and raised in Tulsa, traveled a lot, but I did so much of my actual growing up here in Lawrence. Yeah. Even as an adult, like, it's gave me so much. The community has been there for me. Yeah. Um, I've learned a lot from various people in, in the community. You know, when my oldest son, Isaiah, passed away several years ago from suicide, I don't know that I would have survived if it wasn't for various people and organizations here in Lawrence mm-hmm. helping me. 
Um, sometimes it, they say that when you're feeling bad, mm-hmm. help somebody else out. Yeah. I think it's really helped my heart and kind of kept me going. Yeah. Just to give to others. That makes sense. I, I understand that. You know, I didn't I didn't meet you till after Isaiah was passed, and, but we've become we became close friends quickly. Yeah. And and our boys are good friends, and uh, I, I'm real proud as someone who's known your son Jordan for wow, 15 years now probably. Yeah. At least probably about that long. Very close. Uh, I, I know I know you have a lot of pride. Just you just your your whole face. You can't see this obviously if you're listening to a podcast, but. Elwood's whole body responds differently when Jordan's name comes up. Um, I think you've got a special young man there, and I think that not only is he just one of the kindest people I've ever known, but what he's doing now in the suicide prevention and the suicide awareness and, and with a lot of Native American groups and, and that kind of thing, talk a little bit about that because, I mean, hell, I'm proud. And I'm just a friend. I can't even imagine... How beaming you'd be about your son in that case. He's, he's outstanding what he's doing. I'm kind of speechless. I, I'm very proud of him. Sometimes as a parent, we doubt if we did the right things or yeah. if, you know, if, if we're doing what's necessary. Mm-hmm. And I think Jordan is a true testimony of kids observe and watch. So if they see what you do, they pick it up, and it might stick, and it might not, because they all they all have their own path. Yet, to see his passion and love for helping others, yeah, is I don't know that I have a, a big enough vocab to describe that. I don't know that anybody does. Um, he's really talked about his. More so, his passion for, for life is just helping others. And I'm like, <coughs> blown away. Yeah. Um, and he's doing it on his, in his own way. In his own yeah. little, he's making his own niche. And yeah. I'm comfortable that he's going to be a really good adult, a really good father. Yeah. And... He's going to be okay whenever my time up here on just physical or breathing is done. Yeah. You know, I think that and we're similar in age. Our kids are the same age. And it's you want so bad as a parent to give your kid all the tools. And then to, then to make good decisions and, and to do things. And, and you guys had the tragedy that happened when you were younger and what happened with Isaiah, you know, it, it's something that does shape somebody, and I, I really think not just in your case, but in Jordan's case as well. I mean, I think that he's just a hell of a young man, and I can see so many big things for him that he's going to be spectacular. And I think that he comes, he gets that from his father. He does. And you're kind of like, uh, yeah, he does. I don't like taking credit. I don't even like talking about what I do or what I've done. Yeah. Um. But I can't even take it right now. He, he's, he's, he's doing his thing. Yeah, he's doing his thing. So uh, let's talk about what you're doing a little more specific with Boys and Girls Club right now. So you're working with 
you have 13 different uh, chapters. So there's groups, or how's that? There's local Boys and Girls Clubs that yeah. are their own entity. Yeah. And then Boys and Girls Club of America, you know, is above it. Kind of a federated model. Okay. Um, yeah. So my role is I wear many hats, and every Zoom call and every call is different from strategic planning with board and tribal leaders to helping them with resource development efforts, planning, increasing the recruitment for club members, club kids, um, safety protocols, you know. It's just, I'm here to be a tool or a resource. Maybe I shouldn't have said the word tool, but I'm here to support them. Whatever their vision is, whatever they're needing, yeah. find a way, if I don't know it, um, to help take that journey along with them. So you talk about being a facilitator and what you do there with Boys and Girls Club. What is it you like about that? What there's obviously a challenge, but then there's things that you really can tech. I, I know you. I know that you really enjoy what you do. Tell me a little bit about that. What brings you back to work every day? Ah man, sorry, Bo. I'm going to say this: the challenge of it. Okay. The potential results. The many different things I get to assist with from advocacy efforts to at the state, federal level, to resource development, providing them different resources yeah. and, and networks that they might not. Yeah. The club did a lot for me. I, yeah. Not only as a club kid, like I got to eat, you know, going to the, yeah. that's how I got to play basketball. And then... I couldn't help the kids with sixth grade math or you know, fifth grade math. So the Boys and Girls Club did a lot for me as a parent because there were just some things I didn't know. Yeah. So we try to help every kid see their full potential and reach their full potential. So it really makes my heart just burst with knowing that some way, somehow, the, the work that I do is making someone else's future a little bit better. Yeah, it's coaching in a way. It really is. You it, know, it, I know, you and I both come from that coaching background. You know, and I, I know we've talked about this many times on the sports side. We said, you know, one of our favorite things is that you get a player who, maybe you know they're not going to be the best player, but you know they got a ceiling. And you want to get them as close to that ceiling as possible. And when you see that improvement, it makes you feel good because someone else is able to accomplish something. Is that really sort of the takeaway from this as well? You hit the nail on the head. That's that's really it. Just feeling like I made a difference, really. Yeah. You know, it's funny because we both come from the... You've been Coach Elwood. I've been Coach Bo a long time. And I always I was talking to somebody I, I know and love recently, and he says, you know, you don't coach anymore. I don't coach football anymore. I haven't in a couple of years. I'm probably not going to for a few more years. Um, and he said, but how do you still coach Bo? And I said, well, some of these kids are going to be calling me Coach Bo the rest of my life. And I think it's kind of how it is. Yep. But what I realize is, and I, I say it's through work as well as a financial advisor. I think I see this in your work. You're still coaching. Being a coach has nothing to do with the scoreboard, a clock, a game. 
Being right. a coach is just being in, some, in someone's life and helping them along. And you do that every single day. Yeah, I, I really, sometimes I don't do enough of reflecting on yeah. what I do. I just do. Mm-hmm. And you're right. These kids are probably going to call us Coach Bo, Coach Elwood, Coach Big Head for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And it feels great, like, to hear Coach Elwood and to help an organization or a CEO develop in an area that they're uncertain about or, or need a little more fine-tuning in. And once they get it and they reach that, not only that that ceiling, but burst through it, it's awesome. Like, it's probably one of the greatest feelings is, is being able to just be in the background and smile and say, I didn't do anything. You had it in you. It's just helped you. It's being a proud papa. It really is. Yeah, yeah it's funny, you know, we, we both have one child. I mean, you, we, we, right. Uh, you know, I, it, but I got, I still have to say, I have surrogate kids everywhere. You know, whether it was from when we were young and we had the boys and the, the Red Raiders or, or the PTB or wherever it was, and, or Veritas or you were Bishop Seabury. I mean, We've got these kids that still to this day, I had one of them call me up or send me a text message a couple days ago. He says, mowing my lawn. And he goes, uh, hey, coach, your lawn's done. I was like, I'm just Brian now. But no, 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 I'm coach. I'm still, he's still coach to me. Yeah, I still get those from, Yeah. hey, coach Elwood, um, hey, I'm getting married. I want yeah. you to come to the wedding or. Those are the ones that scare me now. I'm like, I remember them little boys. Yeah, they get older. <laughs> and for them to want to invite me to something as special as that, or to meet their their kids, yeah. that's or when I travel for work or just travel in general, and I'm in their community and they want to stop what they're doing to come visit. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It is really. Who were the great coaches or influencers in your young life? My dad, a gentleman by the name of Coach Criddle, because he was tough. Hey, a no BS kind of guy. Where did Coach Criddle come from? Um, high school. Basketball coach? Basketball. And then he did football. Uh, actually, my last year. And then... Actually, my little league coaches, too. I still reach out to them, and I still call them coach. Yeah. And I feel weird if I if I don't. So I can relate yeah. to how these kids, hey, I, it's like a, a sign of respect. Like, like, exactly. I'm going to have to do some down and backs or push-ups here <laughs> if I say anything less. Because that's what they ingrained in us. Yeah. Like, they made me a better person. Like, mm-hmm. beyond athlete, beyond being in shape, Beyond getting my homework done, taught me about respect, how to carry yourself, how to push through it. And then when I was slacking, which I'm still guilty of, I can still hear their voice holding me accountable. Yeah. And like, you need to get it together. You're going to be hitting the hill. So they all made a, a, molded me, to be honest with you. If I didn't have any of them, 
I don't know the trajectory of where my life would have been because yeah. I learned something from them. And I don't want to let them down. And I think yeah. it's a way of paying them back. Okay. Because they took time away from their own family. Yeah. We've done that too. Yeah. And thankfully, our family, they didn't always appreciate it. You know, there, yeah. was, there was, but they understood that was us. Yeah. And I feel like I have to go above and beyond for all of those that Came did the away. same for me. Yeah. Um, we gonna see you back on the sideline at some point. Um. So if you don't know, you know what I, I, I this is one of the best basketball coaches I've ever known. And whether, at any level, I, here's why I think so. It's that individual, it's that you and I both got this. I think it's, we know when we don't have to win the game to make the players better. And that sometimes making a team lose, or not making a team lose, but letting a team lose mm-hmm. makes them better. Bill Self does that. Bill Self has one time a year, it's never at home, where he lets his team lose. He, he just see them, they, they're down 15, and he, he can grind it and get them there. But instead, he just sits down and lets the kids be themselves, and then he gets on their ass the next day and says, hey, without you listening to us, the staff, this is what you're going to be. You want to do it your own way? And- yeah. And I, that's one of the things that I noticed so... I mean, you had kids who were, you know, uh, when you hit little kids, we had younger kids. You had kids that were very good players. We had kids that were moderately good who could improve. And you had kids who weren't good at all but were there because it was a social aspect and they wanted to be there and at least be part of a team. And um, my kid was one of those in your program. But it was also you knew how to coach each of those kids. You know how to get the best out of each of those kids. And I think that's something that we just don't see much of anymore. I think especially, and I think it's even at lower levels, fourth and fifth graders, we're seeing the emphasis on winning. Mm-hmm. And not developing young people. Correct. I see that a lot. Um, when we're looking at fourth and fifth grade Sports leagues, of course I love to win. Yeah, I'd rather know that the fundamentals are right. Yeah. I made a lasting impression. They created bonds with each other and memories. Yeah. Um, because high school coaches aren't going to determine you're going to be on varsity as a freshman in your fifth grade year. Okay. They're not asking, yeah. hey, what sixth grade tournament did you win? That's right. They want to know when you get there if you know the fundamentals and if you can play, if you can carry yourself well. Yeah. You know, going to Coach Willie, man, RIP to Coach Willie, um, who helped me a lot. Yeah. He, seeing all of those kids at his funeral, yeah. that's what it's about. I, I was going to go to there next. We'll go ahead and we'll just go ahead and jump to that. So, Willie Dodson, because you don't know. Elwood, myself, Willie Dodson, we've all coached together before. There's basketball, football, uh, even baseball. Uh, we've, we've all coached together, and uh, we lost Willie earlier this year. Uh, I mean, we could sit and tell Willie stories for a while if we wanted to. Oh, that'd be a I whole mean, series. Of- just a, a hell of a man, a role model, a man who went through, I mean, got yeah. as low as you can get. Yeah. 
but then came out on the other side and said, hey, I'm going to dedicate myself to making sure that these kids don't go through what I did. He actually told him, I served the time so you didn't have to. And we lost Willie, un unfortunately, earlier this year, a heart attack, and a and, uh, young man, too. I mean, what, 46, 47, something like that? Yeah. And, I mean, and in and great shape. And like. in fantastic shape. I mean, the guy who's athletic and... and, and and I mean, it's a shock to all of us, and someone I think we all admired, yeah. And I think someone to help motivate and push all of us, and that's something where again we can talk about him all day. But the three of us, I think, especially, all kind of pushed one another, totally, and made ourselves better coaches. And I think it helped us be better fathers. It helped us be better husbands. It helped us be better with the kids. It's almost like you and I had him in the beginning. We created, whether it was me with football and you with basketball, I mean, we, we kind of created this level of these kids have these certain abilities and they have certain uh, work ethics and potentials. And then as they got a little bit older, they got to Willie, and he took them to a whole other level. A whole other level. That they believed and understood this is now the expectation. Yeah. That's when they started bursting through that ceiling that and, we talked about. And that's where, I mean... It's pretty phenomenal that we can have even that small chance to help someone like that and then how we all kind of pushed one another, especially with him. I mean, he, he pushed me to be a better coach. You know, when I was a head, a, head, a head varsity coach in high school, I, I brought him out to practices. Yep. And immediately he gels with kids. Totally. And kids that didn't come up in the same background, he came up in. didn't matter. It didn't matter. And, and that's the thing I think about coaching is that Sometimes you just have this innate ability. And I don't necessarily mean that's on the, the basketball court, the football field, or the baseball diamond. It, it's, it's an innate ability to coach somebody to make them feel better about themselves and for them to help learn. We all have those breakdowns. And I think a good coach is someone who can help someone drive themselves further than they can on their own. Totally. And I think you're a great example of that. Willie was a fantastic example of that. Great one. And we all kind of help push one another. Definitely. And it comes to back to being a community and helping each other out. That's honestly what it's about. There's things that we all have strengths and talents and yeah. gifts. But we have to lean on another person to learn something for assistance and, and just... It takes all of us to make it make a difference. It really does. If it wasn't for him, you know, he probably saved my hairline more than I wanted to. I mean, he took. He was constantly researching new ways to help the kids get better. Yeah. We complemented each other yeah. very well. Yeah. And the trust was there, and that's. I think what we all do really, really well, and some of the the best that do it is just see people and kids for themselves, like you know, their own individuality. You know, we we stay connected with our own spirit and our own love that that we have, and we just try to light the fire. And others, and he did that for me. Um, yeah. I know he did it for the kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
No. Who's got my back? I got your back. Yeah. That's, yeah. we really did. You have to pick each other up sometimes. Sometimes yeah. you got to hold each other accountable. Yeah. You know, sometimes things are good and, and everything's great. It, it, life comes in different waves and you need that group that can yeah. help you. But being back on the sidelines, I mean, you might see me with a Diet Coke and a popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about it. I've, I've thought about it yet. I'd rather just be on the backside, okay. back in, give, give nuggets. I'd rather be the old man at, at McDonald's and just, just... The old wise man. The old, maybe not even the old wise man. Sometimes just the old man that just talks. And if you, it sticks with you, it sticks with you. Yeah. I'd much rather see others develop and blossom than... Yeah. I, that chapter with me, I think is closed. Okay. Um, kind of like what I'm doing now. Yeah. I, I like the path that I'm on. If somebody needs some help or a fill in for occasional game or practice, I'll give you what I got. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. The public side, I'm sure. Yeah. Someone's gonna talk you into it eventually. Yeah. That's, that's that's what I keep hearing as well, and I, I just said I just keep saying I'll never say that. I, I try to live by that also. I mean, I have free time on my hands sometimes. And, you know, Jordan has moved into his own place. And now I'm kind of like, I miss those days of practices. And I miss the yeah. games. I'm, I feel like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. It is. I got to have that now with Peyton. You know, Peyton's almost 20, and he's still at home for a little while longer. But he, you know, he's off doing his thing in college and and classes and work and everything else, and you're like, well, what's, what am I, I'm supposed to go to a practice center, aren't I? I still miss, you know, hey, practice is at six, I gotta go pick up three kids. Yeah. I miss, you know, CC's pizza, team meals, post-team meals. Never miss CC's. I, I miss the cinnamon rolls. Um, <laughs> just the laughter and just, yeah, we'll come around that's it. I, I I miss so much of that. Yet I don't know. I miss it enough to actually jump back into it. Yeah, though. you're getting enough of a feel of what you're doing now. Totally. Yeah. I'm cool with being able to show up to the game a little late. That way I don't. Yeah. It's not on me. Right. I can get in and get out. Right. Right. Um, talk a little bit about Coach Kittle and your dad. People who inspired you. Mm -hmm. Um. Who inspires you now? I think what I'm inspired about is, is I don't think anybody really inspires me. I think it's an internal drive, an that's internal that's flame that's, time is limited. I learned that when Isaiah passed is that, well, I didn't learn it when he passed, because I had to, do some grieving, but we never know when our time is is coming. Mm -hmm. And I think what inspires me is to make the most of what I have left. I don't know how many. You know, I want to be the best me. I want to accomplish as much as I can. For I take that back. Somebody does inspire me, 
And it's not one particular person. It's some kids out there that can relate to my story. Yeah. That think it's not possible. Yeah. Or want to rush the process. Or take the shortcut. And I can tell them, like, shortcuts are going to catch up to you sooner than later. Yeah. So I think what inspires me is the generations that are coming after you and I. Yeah. So. I, I see where you're going with that. And I, and I tell you, my biggest worry about the, the, the generations behind us, those kids who are in their 20s and lower, you know, our kids' ages and lower, mm-hmm. is I'm worried that they don't understand this process. I agree. I agree. Um, the quick gratification. Mm-hmm. The quick results. And I think and that's not a new thing. I think no. that there was probably generations before us that thought we thought the same thing. Totally. So is it something where everything in life now is faster and done faster? We have you know, phones that have internet on them. Uh, I was telling Peyton just a couple of days ago, I remember the days, I'll tell a story about the days of we had pagers. Mm-hmm. It yes. doesn't seem like it was that long ago. I still wish I had mine. So the sky pager. The, the, <laughs> yeah. And I was telling him, I said, you know, but and he was like, he can't imagine a life without the internet, these sort of things. And what I was explaining is that, you know, you kind of have it easier, but they don't have necessarily easier. It's a different set of problems. Totally. And that's where, like, again, I worry about the people who I've helped mentor or I love and care about, and I think, well, you know, are they going to be able to learn that process? They are. Well, we got to realize that process is different. Totally. I mean, you stop and think about it. Yeah. There's times where we have to ask our own kids or other kids, hey, how do I turn the TV on? Or how do I get this? So, you're correct. It's different problems. Same with our folks. Yeah. They had different problems. Yeah. Um, I hear the story still to this day that when my dad was in school, he had to walk 20 miles to go to school. And I had the bus stop that was right around the corner or I had my own car. Yeah. I think the the one thing that we, this younger generations can do better at, even us as adults, patience. Yeah. And being present in the moment. I think too many times we reflect on things that didn't go the way we wanted. I think we try to think too far ahead of how things are going to go and should go. And we don't actually just be present mm-hmm. and, and the patience. I, I struggle with patience my darn self, but we've overcame a, so many different things in life that I don't know that some of the younger generations today have the patience to ride it out. Like, whether it's... I don't know. I mean, we got self We got quick gratification playing ball. I mean, if we did really good, you know, we'd get to get on a team with the shoes and the cool jerseys. Yeah. Now they get retweeted and... and videos Uh um, yet it's instant yet all of the videos that you post is not always going to get you a scholarship or get you to that playing time that you 
anticipate or that you imagine yourself should be getting. Patience. And just be present in the moment. Just enjoy it. I was just ordered a book this past week. I want to tell you this. Be where your feet are. Seven principles to keep you present, grounded, and thriving. Scott O'Neill was referred to me by a friend of mine. I be where your feet are. I'm going to add that one. And that's the, uh, the idea you said of being present in the moment. I struggle with that myself. I think a lot of people do. I, I, they do. I think we all do. Yeah. We all have dreams. We all have daily struggles yeah. that sometimes we just, like the grandparents used to say, sometimes you just don't stop to smell the roses. All right, I'm going to get you out of here in a couple seconds, but I've got a couple of goofy questions. I asked everybody this. Oh, we can ask whatever this you want. This is going to be fun here. So these are all just short hits. I don't want you to think much about this. I want you to have some fun with this. Okay. If you could be the best in the world at any one thing, what would it be? I'm probably the best dancer in Lawrence. I'd like to say that I could be the best dancer in the world. Humble is not something that's going to be up your, up your alley there. Oh, <laughs> humble is there except for when it comes to dancing. Ray B, I'll be looking for you. <laughs> All right, this is, the one I, I, this is the one I find intriguing. What celebrity would you want as a best friend? So you got to deal with this person every day, good and bad. What celebrity would you want as a best friend? Jay-Z. Jay-Z, I like it. Like. Ray B said uh, Kevin Hart. Which I figure is going to be the, the popular answer. I like Jay-Z. It's a good one. If you were a superhero, what would be your superpower? Whoa. Um, to fly. To fly? Yeah. yeah. It's, good. it's very underrated. It really is. I can get somewhere when I want to quick. To rise above the negativity, I can disappear when, you know. Just out the door. Out the door, bye. <laughs> Elwood, man, thank you for coming in. I appreciate you. Always have, man. You're a great friend. You're, you're someone that inspires me, and I know we always kind of rub each other and kind of help each other out as whatever we can. So, man, that's you're what we're a supposed huge to do. Coming here today. Man, I appreciate you for so much, you, you know. I wouldn't have been the father I am if you didn't play a role in it. Jordan wouldn't be a, the young man that he is if you and many others didn't play a role in it. So I'm glad that you guys have crossed my path and we're on this journey to, in life together, man. man I, I, it's humbling to hear that. At the same time, I, 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 you've been a great friend, and I know that my kiddo would not be where P Money would not be P Money without L Wood. That, that's my guy, P. El, Money. Elwood and, El and Willie, I think, are the two guys that, yeah. P. Money, that, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, hey, thanks again. We'll, uh, we'll have you back sometime. You can always stop in on the uh, Point Five podcast on, on uh, Fridays. I'm going to have to get you in there with a couple of those knuckleheads and have some fun soon. Anytime, anytime, Bo. Anything you, you guys need or anybody else, yeah. I'm always willing to do what I can. Right, we're going to get you in here. We'll get you and me and Tyler on there again sometime hanging out. Oh, yeah. Tyler, me and Tyler need to catch up on some things. Man. Yeah. He's, he's doing some big things. He's, I'm proud of him. That's another one that I just, he had it in him. Like, yeah. it's just, go do it. If you don't know what we're talking about, Tyler Jones, he's the head of the uh, the network here. He brought me on, brought the Coach Bo podcast to life. It's got me coming on. 
the Jones Report every week. Download that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find him. He's doing big things over at Local News, Local News Live now. And Follow him on social media. I yeah. don't know his handles, but... I think it's, uh, I don't, you know, I don't even know. I just, it's there. So it's, I, I always see it, so. Yeah, so yeah, he's kind of the godfather of our podcast network here. So, uh, but thanks again. I appreciate you. And, uh, You're welcome. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Will do. Hey, welcome back. And I hope you enjoyed the, uh, chat with Elwood Ott there. Uh, Elwood's a great friend, an old friend of mine, someone that I really enjoy being friends with. Just a super, super guy and someone who's so involved with this community, not just the local Lawrence community, but also with all the things he does with Boys and Girls Club and Native American communities. I hope that somebody got out, I hope you got something out of that. A couple of things that, you know, we try to do here in this part now is say, what did we learn from this conversation? Um, I think the biggest thing I took is that it takes a community to raise a child. That's something that Elwood preaches. Uh, I've known Elwood for around 10 years now. We kind of preach that. You probably heard us chalking it up a little bit there about, you know, our coaching experiences together and whatnot and how we really felt that bond of working with children and working with kids and young athletes and how it really does take a community. It takes a group of us to raise kids and to help. Uh, you can always be a coach to somebody by being a mentor, by being a friend, by being just someone positive in your community. You don't have to have the title coach because you are on a team or something like that. That's really what I wanted to get across today. Um, if you get a chance on Sunday's Lawrence Journal World, this is a recording this Sunday night, so this, this morning, uh, Lawrence Journal World, uh, Jeff Burkhead had a great um, article that featured Elwood and Jordan as well as another story about teen suicide. And I wanted to just kind of take a moment here at the end and let people know that September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And this is big. I know we all have down days. We all, there's a lot of people have depression. We've gone through COVID-19. It's made a lot of things very hard on a lot of people. If you are someone who needs help, I encourage you. There are a couple different ways to get help. Uh, the national, the national suicide prevention hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Or the easy way you can text the word home, H O M E to 741741. Just remember that we are all in this together and that we are here for you. If you need help, please let know that there are people out there who want to help you in the community. Uh, I know, again, going back to Elwood's story and losing his son, that was one of those things that kind of shaped who he's become and what's going on with him and his, his other son, Jordan, his youngest son, who, um, if you get the opportunity, Jordan's a young man who speaks out about um, suicide prevention and, and really does help younger people around the country. And I think it's a really just a, a great family, some great people. I hope you got something from that conversation today. I know I did. Well, we'll wrap it up here. And uh, we thank you for joining us here on episode three of the Coach Bo Knows podcast. We'll be back Friday uh, for the 3.5 podcast. We'll talk a little football. We'll have some fun, talk about sports, just kind of whatever's going on in the world. Uh, we'll have a couple of buddies in here, and we'll kind of have some fun with it. So hope you had a great night. I hope you enjoyed, and we will be back next week. And uh, until then, thank you.
I'm going to give that uh, info one more time. If you are you yourself or someone you know needs help with uh, suicide prevention awareness, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. You can text HOME to 741-741. And then one last thing I'm going to tell you, I have one thing. If you're looking for something, you're looking for some way to impact your community, reach out to your local Boys and Girls Club. They will always look for volunteers and for help. And you can really help change the lives of a child, sometimes in the simplest of simple ways. So if you're looking for something that can be helpful, there's a great way to start. Whether you're an old person like me, or if you're a young person just wanting to get involved, I highly encourage it. And you'll be doing some really good for some good people. Have a great week. We'll see you next time on uh, the Coach Bogos podcast. And talk to you later.